My guest today is a singer-songwriter and founding member of the pioneering progressive metal band Pain of Salvation, who are back with a brand new album called In the Passing Light of Day, which comes out Friday, January 13th on Inside Out Music. They're also celebrating the 15th anniversary of their landmark album Remedy Lane this January. Pleased to welcome Daniel Gildelow. So nice to meet you, man. Uh, how are you doing? I'm fine. So let me just say, uh, I heard the album, and uh, man, it's fantastic. Really, really great. Um, thanks, thanks. You know, it's been a while since you have uh, released uh, a full album of brand new music. I know you were sick for a while. I'm assuming you're better, but uh, you know, what's yeah. it like? What's it like getting back to to doing an album? It's very nice. Towards the end of uh, of the Road Salt albums, you know, that was initially meant to be one album and then turned into a double album and then turned into two albums instead. Right. Um, I felt already that you know I, I wanted to head back this way. You know, music direction-wise, and uh, but it, it it was a long way to get here because you had the uh, well first the Road Salt albums and then uh, that you know the the acoustic live album that was just supposed to be a a quick and easy live recording and then the recording went wrong and then we had decided that we already wanted to do it and we had made all these versions that we felt you know deserve to get out there so we uh, decided to record it and i ended up producing it as well which was not entirely you know the, the plan from the start right. and then um i ended up in the hospital for half a year which was not entirely according to plan either of course um, i guess we had several different plans and uh, flesh-eating bacteria was just simply not part of any of them <laughs> um but um and then after that, we uh, we did the well. After I had to sort of like bounce back from that, uh, it took a few months as well. And then we did um, the Remedy Lane thing, which also I think was, um, you know, uh, um, I, I think we hadn't done that unless we were already, you know, sort of like heading that direction from a music and sound point, sound point of view. Um, and then only after that we could actually focus on making this new album that I had sort of been picturing for a long time. And I think in retrospective, I think it was a good thing. Um, not that I think it was a, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to use that as a, as a blueprint for the next album, <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> taking all these sidetracks, especially not the hospital one. But I think the, the good thing with, uh, with all those steps is that, I mean, first of all, you work up an, you know, an even better appetite for it. So once you get back, and especially, you know, uh, with the entire hospital thing, first of all, I mean, con concept-wise and lyric-wise, uh, there was just a, an entirely different well of um, of inspiration to, you know, to, to draw from. Uh, and I think that was a, a perfect match for the album, and I think it would have become um, a way, you know, a, a very different album if it hadn't been on this side of the hospital stay. Um, because you can pair that rather uncompromising music and straightforward ideas and um, harsh sounds with these very intimate and uh, very vulnerable topics, right. which I think is, is, you know, pain of salvation at their, at their finest, really, because that is what we always try to do, that sort of balance between vulnerability and intimacy with some sort of uncompromising you know relentlessness and um so i i think that from all of those 
reasons it was nice you know getting back and i mean when i got out of the hospital i was i was in a pretty pretty poor physical state right um and and mental state in many ways too of course um but especially physical uh, physically it was um i mean i i had problems walking like just normally um and as i was bouncing back physically from that and I'm I'm pretty stubborn as a person, <laughs> so uh, so I I bounced back and then I decided to start learning like wall runs and backflips and uh, parkour and capoeira and stuff. And I realized how much uh, what a fantastic construction the body is in a way that it can bounce back so you know comparatively quickly and actually get back in in a shape that that I've never been in before. I think I have the same hunger for getting back to the to the music, and I think that's that can be displayed. Uh, I, I think that's on display on you know in the album. So um, yeah, it was it was great, and also after these albums, the Road Salt albums and the Acoustic Live, and you know, I, I've been working alone a lot. Um, you know, for for the first albums we did. Um, it, it felt so natural, you know, because like, um, like in the, in the song full throttle tribe, I think that pretty much sums up my feeling for making, you know, for, for creating a band to start with. Um, and I think everyone can, most people I think can, can sort of relate to that feeling of going to school and feeling, and this is, I, probably especially true for people in the music scene <laughs> uh you you go to this you go to school and you feel that you can't really relate to the same things that that you're you know the kids in your class relate to um i always felt that and um i think that was one of the driving forces for creating a band that you you know you could create a small bubble within that reality with your own reality where where you would would be sort of like much more in your place um and so th that was sort of like you know the need of a tribe or you know uh a league of your own right. i don't know uh, a reality within the reality and uh, and as we started recording albums it felt just natural that you know all of us would go to the studio um because we were a tribe we were a family you know so it didn't matter that the drummer would only play his instrument for the first four days. He would stay there for the entire eight weeks because this was a family thing, you know. It was sure, a, right. a, a tribe, you know, and and we we stayed there. We slept in, you know, the same place, and um, I think that was a very it was a very good thing. And then you know came the the late '90s and the, the early 2000s, and home studios started to be the you know the the only workable solution almost because there was a record industry in panic in many ways and uh that was a way of of making ends meet and making things the way you wanted to and you didn't have to travel and be away for such a long time you could stay at home uh so for many different reasons we ended up with me having my own home studio and subsequently we also ended up with me working a lot on my own and i felt that especially during the road salt productions and the um 
the acoustic album that I was so I was so sick and tired of just sitting on my own <laughs> in front of a computer and I longed back to you know to go into a studio and have engineers have some sort of sound guy a producer that you could bounce ideas with and you could go in there as a as a tribe again yeah it can be inspiring to work with some other people right yeah exactly and and uh so I think that was another another reason for you know feeling it, it felt so nice with this album just to know that we had planned and we had set dates for going into studio um that was uh, that was good it was nice getting back to that and then in the end it, it didn't become as much of a tribe thing as it used to be because for for better or worse the lineup we have now you know, it's full of people who are less naive in a way than we were back in the, you know, in the early days. Um, these are not people who will, you know, th these are people, all of us in the band now, who knows the costs of the music industry, who knows um, the price you have to pay. And, and all of us have families uh that we are you know we are we have made the sacrifices <laughs> we know what it's about yeah. um but on the other hand the negative side is that everyone has all these projects you know to to make this you know function uh it is also a lineup that is much much more difficult to get together in the same place or maybe it's just an age thing i mean we were definitely mm -hmm. younger back then so in the end we I think we we were never the entire band at the same time in the studio. I was there for the entire uh, stretch, and Ragnar was almost there for the entire stretch. Um, and and then the others were sort of like coming in, doing their thing, and and uh, and then <laughs> and then going home again. It was a very nice feeling. Let me ask you a couple of songs uh, I want to know about. Uh, the first yeah. single, "Meaningless." Which just gets stuck in your brain like a like a bug, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know that um, yeah, I don't know what to call it. Sounds like a bagpipe or something. What that melody? You know, what, <laughs> yeah. one what it what is that played on? I've wanted to know. And was that written first, and then you said I got to use that, or is that just something that after you wrote the song you add? Because that part just the first weekend I heard it, my, the entire weekend I just sang that part in my head. Yeah. Uh, that's actually Ragnar who would know, but I can tell you what it is. It's not a bagpipe. I, I was thinking like it sounded like some sort of like Viking leather flute, which is you know pretty close to a bagpipe. Uh, it is actually Ragnar's voice. Uh, it is a, a like a, sections really? from his voice, from like high scream voice, and then sampled and, and played. You know, like yeah, you, like you play around with the actual bits and pieces. Uh, and the thing is, the original idea of the base, the basics of this song was presented by Ragnar um, when I was, because I, I had lots of material for the album, and, and I asked him, like, do you have anything? You know, it could be good to see what's, you know, try to gather what we have and see what we want to use for an album. And he sent me a bunch of of songs. Some of them were more done than others, but... Uh, of that material, this song really stuck out, and a lot for the same reason that you just said. Uh, that sort of loop, weird thing, the hook of the song, uh, 
really got caught in my brain and I, I really liked it. And I also really liked the, the chorus melody. So I picked that up and, and said that, you know, this we, we should definitely use this. It, it's a perfect fit for the album. Um, so, um, so whether that was the thing that spawned the song or whether that was added later, I don't even know because that, uh, that would be gotcha. Ragnar, who knows. But I think it's, uh, I, I agree with you totally there, though. Great song. Um, the other one that I love uh, is the opening track on a Tuesday, which is just super yeah. heavy. And, and uh, that riff in the beginning also just, just catches you. But that song goes through a lot of, pl- yeah. a lot of places and, and twists and turns. So how did that song come together and, and what's that song about? Um, well, I guess we have to sort of like get into the, the, the concept of, of the album, but uh the the whole idea for the rhythmic uh, idea and uh, sort of the riff idea I've had with me for even before uh, the Road Salt albums. Um, I've always wanted to do that because I, I love, I think one of the reasons why this album sounds the way it does is that just like for the first albums, I've been sitting a lot behind the drums when we made the album. Um, and I think this the style of the rhythmical drumming is very typical of of my playing and it's the same thing for the early albums uh, i was sitting behind the drums and, and making the the patterns because that's just that that's how i play drums mm-hmm. pretty much that's what i love doing and uh, i always wanted to do that like when you you, you switch 7/16 with double bass drums uh, with a fill over it so that whole thing of because you get basically you get in um you get the wrong bass drum on the second half of the riff yeah um and um i always wanted to sort of put that in someone's knee and say do this um so yeah so so that's that's actually been uh been with it for quite some time and i i was it's one of those riffs where you go like it's it's borderline to metal, <laughs> but mm-hmm. if we do it right, and if we do it with you know full belief, and we don't trigger the bass drums, but you know let it be played really like truly played, uh, we can get away with it. So um, so yeah, that that was sort of the the, the start of that song, and, and I mean it really is the start of the song as well. Yeah, from. Um, from a, uh, a conceptual point of view, it's, I mean, the entire concept is about the hospital stay that, you know, two years ago. And um, I, I was, I had a lot of uh, wonderful fans supporting me over the internet during these months. And a lot of them said already then that, you know, you could make a concept album out of this. And, and, I was lying there in the hospital with my extremely unsexy and very unexotic hospital clothes and, you know, barely being able of getting out of the bed, walking around with an IV stand. Um, the idea of having any sort of concept album, you know, from that just seemed like <laughs> such, you know, such an impossible idea. Uh I remember reading it like over and over because many said the same thing. And I was just like in my head, I went like, yeah, a metal album 
a, a metal concept album about flesh-eating bacteria. I I really can't see that happening. <laughs> but once I was sitting down and and um, started writing uh, without any sort of like plan or direction, I noticed that like all you know whatever I wrote about it sort of it had its point of departure within those months, not in you know necessarily revolving around the flesh-eating bacteria, but the thoughts and the, the vulnerability and um, the feelings you had to go through. And, and, you know, that was the, the landscape through which my mind was still walking somehow. And uh, so, you know, I, I decided at some point during the, uh, you know, the, the writing process that, okay, so this is what's coming I might as well just go with it. There's no point in fighting it because I've always been a big fan of, you know, letting the the music and the lyrics show you the way of, you know, where it wants to go or the subconscious, if you want, you know. Yeah. Um, and the closer you are to what, you know, what you need to write about, the better the material will become. I'm, I'm fairly sure of that because, you know, that, that means you're going to be as close to home as you possibly can. And, you know, that's where where you will be at your most true somehow. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's, uh, I guess the album starts with, because it's really revolving around that first day in the hospital when, when the doctors are doing all they can to, to try to beat this, this bacteria. Uh, cause you, you, you basically, you don't have a lot of time. I mean, it's for those who, who don't know, flesh-eating bacteria or, or necrotizing fasciitis, it's fast. It's like... I can't imagine, man. That sounds so yeah. awful. God. It's, it's, it's like the extremest pain you, you've felt. Oh. And it's just like, it gets to a point where you feel like it, this has got to be the maximum. There's no way the human body or mind can feel more pain than this. And it just keeps going. It's, it's amazing. Um, it would be fascinating if, if you know if you if you had the mind to be able to uh, actually focus on the you know fascination. <laughs> um, but but anyway, um, and you know like you you get into that hospital, and it just proceeds and you get worse and worse. And towards the end of that first day, I had I think six different types of antibiotics in my system, and they were just like trying all they could to find whatever combination that would just like start to make things better and nothing seemed to work and and you know you notice that the longer you stay like every hour you stay um the doctors will be higher up in the food chain uh, which is never a good sign <laughs> like you you get more and more important doctors coming in and all of them are smiling reassuringly like yeah this is gonna go you know just perfectly fine and you can see that, you know, as well, the longer, you know, the more the hours will pass by, the more worry there will be behind the smiles. The smiles are still there. They never go away. But but there is a worry behind them. Yeah. And, uh, and also the higher up in the food chain you get with the doctors, they become more and more socially dysfunctional somehow. Um, I guess that's just, a, I don't know, there, there's got to be a rule somewhere that, you know, uh, the higher up, the the less socially compatible with, with other people you will be. But, um, 
but anyway, yeah, so that's like that's that gray zone or that area when your mind goes from you know ha- having this annoying thing from you know uh, to becoming this really painful and worrying thing and then you come to a point where you start realizing that this might actually not be going so well this may actually this might be it you know because nothing right. is working and and um, time is running out really quickly because you can go from being perfectly healthy to just as perfectly dead in just two or three days with this really annoying little little bugger wow so um, so I mean, it's 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 fantastic that you survived it, man. I'm I'm just so happy yeah. for you. I, I can't imagine. I've heard of horrible stories like that, and it's just um, I I can't even imagine. Um, which yeah, is, which it's is weird. <laughs> I want to ask you about some happier uh, things. Uh, so you did the Remedy Lane reissues, and uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you since that album, uh, since those reissues just recently came out, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, you know the making of those albums a little bit. Um, so if I could take you back a little bit, uh, you know, talk yeah, sure, about yeah. talk about where the band was at the time and and uh, you know coming up with that concept and and you know make making that album. What was special about it? I guess it was the same. The same driving force that that made this album, uh, having gone through a rough period, uh, uh, like a, a rough time uh, in my own life, and starting to write and realizing that this would, you know, this was what came out, and deciding that okay, this this has to be the the concept of the album. And it was really quickly written and and uh, quickly recorded. Because we uh, we had been you know having we had this offer to go with Dream Theater on a tour through Europe, and um, you know that was big of course for us you know just having having recorded two albums that far, and um, uh, no three albums uh, the third album was out already, and um, basically we needed to have an album done by you know by you know the time we went on tour. Right. So uh, I just I just started writing at a very fast pace, um, being as like intuitive as I as I could be, I think. Um, and we went down and re- recorded it, and that was also a very quick process. You know, we we had to basically, and I think that was that was also necessary and good for the actual album. Um, and, um, I, a lot of the stuff, like the guitar solos are to, I think all the guitar solos, except for one guitar solo are just improvised and recorded, uh, in the studio. I mean, not first takes of course, but right. you know, you'd, you'd, you'd start and, um, just wing it and, and you'd make a few recordings and you'd find your way until you had something that you felt like, you know, this is, this is a cool solo, <laughs> uh, which is the same way I did now for the new album with uh, Angels of Broken Things. Um, and I think that's a, a working, it's, it's a methodology that works really good for me. Um, like trying to catch that. And that, that's what, a different way of what I try to do with Roadsalt as well. Like recording, instead of making demos, just recording the, the first, like recording it as you make it. Because there's a hunger involved in that that I think is very difficult to reproduce afterwards. 
Um, what uh, you so know, when I, you were when you were listening to the to the album again and doing the the reissues and the remix and and all that stuff, uh, you know, how did it, it, how did it hold up for you so many years later? And does it do you still you know do you because it's it's like a celebrated album for you guys, right? A lot of fans look at it as like the, yeah, the big one. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. So how do yeah. you look at it? Now? Um, I I think that was the the cool thing that I've been. I've been a bit reluctant to go back to it maybe for, I mean, for several different reasons. First of all, since the, the topics are, you know, close to me and also it, it was a lineup that is gone now. And, uh, there's, you know, there've been a lot of reasons for trying to stay away from it a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, so once we decided that we would play the entire album, uh, at, uh, Prog Power USA, um, I I just felt that you know it was, it was such a long time ago, and um, there's so many layers of sound, and and uh, you know it's it's difficult, especially for like harmony vocals and stuff. Um, the the best thing is that we just like we we pull out the old projects and open them up. We didn't even know if that was possible because I just had them on CDRs, and uh, they've been stacked away for a long time. And um, so I was half expecting, you know, them not to work or whatever. <laughs> but they worked perfectly. We could open all the files, all of the uh, original recordings. And as we did, it was wonderful, like a treasure, ch uh, a treasure chest. Um, because you'd find all these, like, layers of stuff that, you, like, oh, yeah, ah, oh, that's it. We, we did that. I, I just forgot. You know, you'd, right. you'd hear things that, you hadn't heard since we recorded them. Um, and I think it was right there and then. First of all, I think it was the perfect way of making this album ours with this new lineup. Because we would actually sit out in the sun in the back of our garden here in my house. And we'd just like play these these old recordings and uh, solo the different tracks and... Uh, and sit there with with guitars and and uh, get a tan, drinking cold beverages and and sort of like get into the songs and get into the the different stuff and just pulling out these things and making it ours in a way. I think sure. that was very necessary and, and a beautiful thing. And uh, and also I think that was you know sitting there with with all these songs at the tip of our fingers, the thought of like remixing it or having someone remix it was so obvious somehow. It's just like, oh, we're going to record the live show. And here we are with all the recordings, like all the, all the tracks are just here. It's like, it would be so easy to just have someone remix them. And, and I was thinking of, of Jens because he approached us already after Remedy Lane, he approached us because it was one of his favorite albums and he wanted to do something for the band. Uh, we ended up doing the drums for the B album, but this was like the first step when we got back to, you know, this kind of music. He he would actually have the opportunity to mix one of his favorite albums, uh, and he was thrilled to do that too. And uh, but scared Very also because cool. <laughs> because of the same reasons we we were uh, sort of hesitating that it needs to be different enough for it to you know, own its right as a product. Sure. But it needs to be 
true to the original enough so that people will feel that it's actually, you know, paying its tribute to to the original recording because you know our fans love that so it couldn't be too different either. Right. So uh, just a fine balance. I think it did a very nice job. Yeah, it came out great. Uh, thank you so much, man. I'm glad to hear you're you're healthy and you're doing well and. Uh, the new album is killer. I think everybody's going to flip out for it. Um, cool. Hopefully we awesome. can see you. Uh, great to hear. Yeah, we can see you on the road. Yeah, we, um, I mean, we have a cruise to the edge, and we're going to have a, f- a few weeks in the U.S. making a few shows. I think the the shows were probably made official like yesterday or today or something, just like very recently. Oh, cool. Great. So they, they should be up. Otherwise, I mean, Inside Out will know, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw the Europe, the Europe dates. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. Uh, all right, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, cool. All right. All Take right, care. Man. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Daniel for the interview. We're going to close with the first single off the album. This is called Meaningless. Catch Pain of Salvation on Cruise to the Edge this February and on tour this fall. For more upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks.